The DSR member survey is now live. Your voice matters and we want to hear it. So please take a moment to fill out the survey and help us make our podcasts even better. You can find a link to the survey in the show description or on our social media platforms. Thank you. Nine. Twelve. Ten. Twenty-eight. Two. Twenty-three. This is Deep State Radio, coming to you direct from our super-secret studio in the third sub-basement of the Ministry of SNARK in Washington, D.C., and from other undisclosed locations across America and around the world. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's that time of the week when we get down to our main event here at DSR, the mothership, the the podcast that started it all many, many years ago, uh, back during the Andrew Jackson administration, I think. It's the way it seems to me. Uh, Rosa can correct us <laughs> on that. Uh, but um, uh, And we are joined today by three of our smartest and best of friends, one being Rosa Brooks of Georgetown University Law Center. Hi, Rosa. How are you? I'm well. Thank you, David. You're very, you're very muted. You're very. Am I what, muted? What, can what, you guys hear no, me? No, no, no. We can hear you. I just meant your tone, your oh, tenor. Oh well, well. I mean, the world is going up in flames, so it it would be unseemly to be chipper. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, on the other hand, we have Lon Pincus, former Israeli diplomat, columnist extraordinaire for Haaretz. Who's always chipper despite everything? How are you doing, Alon? Oh, jeez. I mean, I, I, I subscribe to what uh, um, uh, Rosa said. I mean, even I find it extraordinarily difficult to be chipper these days. Well, I understand that. And um, frankly, the great tradition on this podcast is simply to say, I subscribe to whatever Rosa says. We are joined <laughs> by somebody who does that so often, Ed Luce of the Financial Times. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing well, thanks, David. Uh, well, uh, let's start um, uh, in the Middle East. One of the reasons, of course, we have Alon here is because we continue to follow that story extremely closely. Alon, your prime minister went on television tonight. Uh, I could tell from social media that everybody leaned forward, waiting for him to say either the ground operation has begun or... I'm sorry, I played a big role in this happening. Uh, but as far as I can tell, he said neither of those things, did he? Well, he's been saying neither of those things since 1996, so there's nothing new uh, uh, that. And, and you know, I, I, I blame, I mean, I'm not in the habit of uh, usually castigating or admonishing the, the media, um, although it's a great hobby to have. Uh, but, you know, the Israeli media has played uh, by his fiddle for a long time. And for them to give him this free time to uh, uh, give his uh, Zelensky light appearances with the black uh, ninja shirt and, and, and basically say nothing is, you know, is on them. So going back to, to your uh, uh, question or uh, opening remark, um, a ground operation, and I'm sure we can delve into that in a moment, a ground operation when it begins is not going to be announced by uh, um, um, the prime minister. 
Secondly, um, a mea culpa, I'm responsible, I'm accountable, and when all this is done and over with, I plan to retire, um, is not in his DNA. So if he's not going to say this and he's not going to say that, then why the hell say anything? Um, and, you know, it brings us back to square one. Well, what is he still doing uh, um, around rather than resigning? Um, or should have resigned some time ago. So I don't think anyone seriously um, was was anxious or, 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 you know, anticipating any kind of uh, major statement coming out. Uh, Alon, can, I ask, no you, one can I ask you a question? Sorry to interrupt. Please. Um, no. Could Benny Gantz have negotiated Netanyahu's head as a price for joining a unity government, or was it just not? Yeah, well... Okay, so let, let me let me for the benefit of our listeners. Uh, um, thank you for the question. I mean, I'm, I'm not being interviewed here, but because you asked it. Oh yes, here's, you are. Here's, here's, <laughs> thank you, Rosa. Here here's the uh, mechanism. Um, assuming he doesn't resign, there are two ways of ousting him. One is what is called in Israel a, um, a constructive motion of no confidence. What does that mean? That in order to bring down a government, you need to be constructive in that you propose a consensus alternative prime minister that wins the support of 61 out of 120, so that's a majority of one, of members of parliament, of the Knesset. The coalition currently, Ed, has 64 members, meaning that you need five defectors to uh, instigate or to uh, launch this motion, this constructive motion of no five. That's a familiar number. That's a very familiar number. Right. Yeah. The five. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, The five need to grow. They're, 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 you know, on any other day of the year, they're invertebrates, invertebrates. So for them to come out and do this, they need to grow a spinal cord, a conscience, and some other organs uh, necessary for the feet. Uh, and that would be a medical miracle. They won't. The second mechanism... You know, I saw the tweet in which you said that, and I'm really glad you edited it for our podcast. Well, I, 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 you know, I said other organs. Yeah, and, no, no, I, I appreciate that. that I, you, I'm not bladder, a doctor. What are we talking about? A blood, gallbladder <laughs> was exactly what <laughs> he had. Appendix. Appendix, that's right. That's a good uh, nostrils. Uh, here, here is the thing. The, the second mechanism basically is a vote of no confidence, which, which uh, dissolves parliament. But for that, you need the, the, um, the 5-2. So that ain't going to happen. Now, Gantz, per your question, Ed, Gantz is heading... Gantz is not chairman of the opposition. He sort of, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, took that away from Yair Lapid, from Mr. Lapid, uh, by by in, against the background of the pro democracy protests, um, he heads a party of twelve, so there was no one he could negotiate with in the midst of a war uh, to do that. On top of which, he's not a very savvy or very sophisticated politician. So even if he was in in in, in a position of power to do so, he would probably not realize it. Um, that 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 all, all that said and established, that does not necessarily preclude the possibility that all this or some of you know one of those mechanisms, Gantz, no confidence, constructive no confidence, will not occur the moment after the war is well. 
I don't know if there's going to be a day in which we announce the war is over, but when it all, uh, when when most of the dust settles down, that's got could that I'm <clears throat> sorry, that could still happen. In in one sentence, I spoke for too long. I know. In 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 one in one sentence, I don't, and I know this is reported. You can always come back to me and say, "Aha, you got it wrong." I do not see Mr. Netanyahu surviving this. Well, okay. Well, let's 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 look at another dimension of this. I'm going to read. I don't usually do that. I'm just going to read briefly, and then I would like your comments, Rosa. Your comments, Ed, and your comments, Alan. This is from Haaretz, a noted publication, because Alan writes for them practically every day, um, and I write for them every so often. Here's well, 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 well. The, 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 there's only there's only one guy who wrote this week more than I did in Haaretz. <laughs> And, and his name is David Rothkopf, so come on. All right, all right. Well, so I'd write for them, but I had nothing to do with this. This is a news story. Let me read you this news story, Rosa, just like your reaction. New House Speaker Mike Johnson, an evangelical Christian, holds ties to Israel's far right. Here's the subhead. Louisiana Rep. Mike Johnson described his 2020 visit to Jerusalem's Temple Mount as, quote, the fulfillment of a biblical prophecy. I didn't recall him as being mentioned in the Bible, but there it goes. His election is the most significant victory to date for evangelicals in D.C. It goes on to say, um, you know, that he was confirmed and he's an evangelical Christian and he has ties to the far right um, in Israel. And then it talks about a visit he made in 2020 uh, with a group called 12 Tribes Film Organization, uh, which uh, was linked to the election of the uh, uh, Bezalel Smotrich to position in the cabinet, one of the far-right crazies within the, the cabinet. Uh, he went up to the Temple Mount. He called it a fulfillment of a biblical prophecy. Uh, he, uh, he, he blamed the status over the debate on the Temple Mount on the radical left on, on college campuses. Um, uh, he's in this group in the American right that is responsible for a kind of perverse level of support for Israel. Uh, he's a theocrat, and he's the Speaker of the House, Rose. Is that going to matter? Well, I don't know if you are familiar uh, with the Bible, David, but one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse is actually Mike Johnson. Uh, so this has been there. This has been prophesized, and and yay, it is coming to pass. That, that was the wrong prophecy. I was looking <laughs> for, for the wrong place for the prophecy. You were right. Well, because because you and I, David, we're, we were looking at the Old Testament. Yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, no, right. Um, um, unfortunately, uh, Mike Johnson is in fact a, a harbinger of the apocalypse, uh, uh, as we see here. No, I mean, I mean. Elon, you're you're the person who who very cynically and cruelly shattered all of my illusions about the possibility that Netanyahu had any remaining interest in keeping uh, a younger generation of Jewish Americans on on his side. Um, I think what you said was uh, I I don't know I don't know the exact numbers, but uh, Americans who identify as Jewish it's it's a couple million. It's a very small number. Um, and you said they don't matter because the alliance that is now important to the Israeli far right is evangelical Christians. And there are a lot more of, 
there are a lot more far-right evangelical Christians in the United States than there are progressive American Jews. Um, so, so none of this is surprising, obviously, this particular uh, uh, alliance between far-right evangelical Christians in the United States and far-right Jews in Israel. Um, that's what we're seeing. I think, I think the increasingly theocratic tendencies of the Israeli state, uh, the degree to which uh, far-right religious groups have sort of taken over government and increasingly dominated culture and politics in Israel, uh, has been mirrored here in this country uh, by the growing dominance of the evangelical far right, and and you know as 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 the, and, and indeed both countries we've seen parallel efforts by the far right to undermine democratic institutions, uh, and I think the fact that we now have a Speaker of the House um, in the United States House of Representatives who who led the charge. Uh, who, who, who led the charge to overturn the results of the 2020 election is quite frightening. The fact that so many other Republicans rallied around this man uh, is even more frightening. Um, and, and as you suggested, we're now seeing that play out in terms of a, a type of American support for Israeli government policies, uh, and specifically for the policies of, of Netanyahu's policies, um, that is extremely uncritical because it's linked to a a rather strange uh, uh, idea of what it's going to take for the second coming of Christ from the perspective of, of far-right evangelical Christians um, uh, who, who seem to think that this is all going to go great and the worse things go, the better things go because that's just what you get before the apocalypse and before the second coming. So it's all going to work out. Uh, okay, the, the 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 horseman of the apocalypse, as far as the evangelicals are concerned, is no other than Netanyahu himself. By the way, parenthetically, the moment he stopped talking to me—not that I ever held any um, discussion—was when I when I said on television some time ago that he is the evangelical Republican senator from West Jerusalem, um, which I actually thought wasn't clever. It was it was a true depiction of who and what he is. Um, but here's the thing. I doubt that Mr. Johnson and his evangelical, I'm not going into the American political uh, arena. You're better qualified than I am to uh, discuss that. I don't think he's going to work a lot with Mr. Netanyahu. Mr. Netanyahu is being held uh, um, hostage by one Joe Biden. Um, I don't see Mr. Netanyahu um, surviving this, and I do see a different Israeli government within the next uh, um, eight to ten months. Now, I may be wrong on the timeline, um, but the U.S. is get, going into an election year anyway. So, so the uh, uh, you know the confluence of a uh, of an evangelical right wing theocrat uh, Netanyahu whose idea of replacement uh, theory is to replace Jews with evangelicals, um, and a Mr. Johnson as Speaker of the House, they're not going to work together a lot. I mean, this is not the Newt Gingrich days when he colluded with him against Bill Clinton. This is not the John Boehner uh, days when he colluded with him against Obama. Um, and these, this is not even the uh, McCarthy days when he thought he could, uh, you know, uh, um, play politics and meddle with uh, um, with McCarthy against Biden. He's in a bind. The business is not as usual. This the, the 7th of October 
was an inflection point. This is, this is the worst day in Israel's history. Nothing, nothing is going to be the same, with or without Netanyahu. So yeah, there's the evangelical thing, and I'm sure Netanyahu is going to be one of the first people to call and congratulate him. I wouldn't put too much uh, into the uh, uh, into the coalition or the uh, bromance that will evolve between the two. By the way, par again, parenthetically, um, look at how Biden treated Israel compared to what the G the stable genius uh, uh, from Mar a Lago said about Netanyahu uh, just two weeks ago. Uh, that's that's a big deal, and if Democrats can use that there, and uh, anti-Netanyahu uh, uh, forces can use that here, that's gonna that's gonna make a, uh, um, a an impact. So, Ed, I want to pose the same question to you. Um, in doing the extensive research, you know, we have a giant research team here at, at Deep State Radio, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you know, they brought me massive uh, files and Mike Johnson who just became speaker moments before we recorded this. Uh, and in 2016, uh, Mike Johnson said, some people are called to pastoral ministry and others to music ministry. I was called to legal ministry. I want to circle back to that with you, Rosa. Didn't know that was a thing. Um, and I've been out on the front lines of the culture war defending religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and biblical values. Um, uh, so, you know, in Louisiana, that plays in a certain way, but this also has international consequences. And as it turns out, I just want to throw this in there so you can comment on this. As part of his biblical values, Mike Johnson is apparently in the pro-Putin caucus and opposes further aid for Ukraine. Um, so talk a little bit about this, Ed, and your reactions. Yeah, this, and are you in a journalistic ministry? That's yeah, I, am. I am. It's a spiritual vocation, a spiritual <laughs> calling. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I never really know how to begin with the evangelical um, sort of the the, the the relationship between APAC and and evangelical Southern Baptists in America, not just Southern Baptists. Um, because you know they they are politically Netanyahu's you know and Israel's closest political allies they they are political philo semites and as as both of you all of you have pointed out they are theological anti semites they are anti semitic um, but for philo with philo semitic means because they need all Jews to be in Israel for for the end of days so I mean you know I've run out of sort of names to nicknames for the the Matt Gates, the Jim Jordan kind of Republican, Trumpian Republican, you know, Vichy Republicans, always a, always a good one. These, this is the end of days caucus. I mean, how can you have a sort of oh, how, how how can you have a, a sort of clear legislative governing responsible sort of view of the world when you literally sign up to the end of days and that literally motivates? It's not you know some people wear their faith on their sleeve, but there's a very big distinction between what their faith is and how they act in the real world. Um, for these people, that distinction's much narrower, much narrower, as we've seen in terms of women's rights, um, as we see in terms of uh, their policy uh, towards Israel. I mean, there is a very clear reason motivating um, their, their um, political philo-Semitism. So I don't really know how to sort of grapple with, you know, the mindset of a Mike Johnson 
uh, or indeed a Mike Pompeo for that matter. He, you know, he had very similar theological beliefs. Um, uh, except to say that it, it reflects even worse on the functioning of this political system than its inability to elect a speaker for three weeks. I'd really, really love to have another three weeks of inability to elect a speaker. Um, this is such a bleak, this is such a bleak choice. Um, and I, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how we reverse out of this. We need, we need, we've got a lot of challenges. We, we really do. I, you know, I want to ask a question and, you know, Alan, I know you've been on TV constantly. You're just on French TV. You've been on American TV. You've got all these people asking all these questions about what's going on there now. And I'd like to ask a question not about that, but about this other issue. Used to be that the support for Israel from the United States was seen primarily as uh, driven by the Jewish lobby. Remember the Jewish lobby? There was a lot of talk about the Jewish lobby. They drove this. I've heard about that. Yeah, you've heard about that. Now, 80% of Jews, they do not support the Republican Party. They do not support the far right. And most of the support for Israel comes from the evangelicals uh, who see Israel not as a wonderful close ally, but as a precondition for the rapture um, in which, you know, as I often say to people, the rapture does not turn out so well for the Jews. You know, when you know everybody gets lifted up to heaven, I suppose you'll be sitting there when that happens. You know, well, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. There's a plan. If there's a plan, I'll, and then you run out in the street and see, you know, Christian Lamborghinis that no longer have drivers, and pick those up, and you get what you want out of it, I guess. But it's, it's, it's like Palm Beach, David. It's, it's just like Palm Beach. Yeah, it's, but go ahead. Well, but but <laughs> but the point is. How do most Israeli, not far right, you know, um, Ben Gavir types, but how do most Israelis feel about the fact that their best friendship in the United States, quite apart from Joe Biden and the, his deeply held views, but particularly within the Republican Party, um, is 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 driven by this evangelical fervor? Right. Well, okay. So he, here's the thing: they've been conditioned by Netanyahu. Uh, for many years to adopt broad brush the following uh, narrative. American Jews are ultra, are weakling, uh, uh, bleeding heart, Upper West Side Jews who don't understand the hardships of Israel. Okay? They're being led by, by, by weak leaders uh, who, who've been uh, um, um, kissing the ring for too long and, and, and are not are uh, supportive enough because they tend to, uh, as George uh, uh, Bush said at the time, uh, uh, they live like Episcopalians and vote like Puerto Ricans uh, about American Jews. Now, on the other side, there is this wonderful community. I mean, how many Jews are there in America? Anywhere between 5.3 and 6 million people. The, the counting uh, uh, differs on how you count uh, former or ex-Israelis, or an American who married an Israeli wife, but she didn't take an American citizenship, you count them as two Americans or one, doesn't matter. Anywhere between 5.3 to 6. There are 75 million um, evangelicals. Now, you look at the makeup of the U.S. Senate, you have far more evangelical senators. 
and and so people adopted this 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 clarity, this dichotomous clarity, in which on the one side there's Rashida Tlaib and AOC and and some uh, so you know you name the name, and on the other side there is this pious you know uh, 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 evangelicals who love Israel and and run a mega church in Oklahoma City or in Little Rock, Arkansas, or just outside of Houston, Texas, and they love Israel. So you come to the Israelis with the argument that you made. Guys, are you listening to yourselves? This is, I go back to now to, uh, um, to Ed. These people are anti-Semites. They dislike that they think of you as infidels. They think of you as dumb, disloyal infidels who wouldn't accept Christ at the first calling and will now be the useful idiots who will bring his uh, resurrection, the second coming, um, our rupture and our and, 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 and end of days and so on. And the Jews are saying, the Israeli Jews are saying, eh, we need votes in the Senate. We need votes in the House. The theology, that's a thousand years from now. What, 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 what? The, no one actually believes in the rupture. But when the evangelicals come, everyone kisses them. Yeah, I, ha- I, have to, and- I have to clarify this from pronunciation perspective because I'm enjoying it. But it's rapture. It's not rupture. Rupture would be if God came and kicked everybody in the balls. And and frankly, that's amusing to me. But I just want to make sure that rupt- I thought it's rupture with a U. No, 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 it's rapture as in the blondie, the blondie hit. Ah, that's yeah, right. yeah. But okay, although so I do, there is a thing. You know, I like the idea of this great oh. moment when yeah. all these people get kicked in the nuts by yes, God. Right, that's right, disruption. Right, right. I, stand, I stand corrected. I, I I know as I thought of it, you're absolutely right. It was my mistake. But Armageddon is a place, as you know, right? Yeah. Armageddon is not a term. It's a place. R is mountain. Megiddon is Megiddo. It's right. It's, 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 a, it's Megiddo Hill, called a mountain, but it's actually a hill, overlooking the Sea of Galilee. This is where all this is going to happen. Okay? And, and not 98% of Israelis, Israeli Jews, uh, don't know that what Armageddon is and how it relates to the Har Megiddo, which is a place, which is a park, by the way. People go there. Um, I, by the, by the way, David, uh, you asked where I will be. I, I secured several food trucks when this happens <laughs> right at the foot of the of the mountain. For Armageddon, you're welcome. <laughs> Great for for yeah. Armageddon. Yes. All you three, you're welcome. It's sort of be like uh, you'll be selling falafel. To those the people no, are no, left behind. Gonna, you're going to have burrito and pizza. Oh, okay, because are going to come from all over the place. Well, in the Blondie song, in the Blondie song, Rapture, uh, uh, the man from right. Mars is eating cars and eating bars and maybe even guitars. So you should—that's what you should serve. Right. Anyway, Rosa, but, but, thank you for that. That uh, was fantastic. I, well, uh, anyway, David, thank you. I stand correct, corrected. Both of you, uh, uh, all three of you, actually, the Rapture, not Rapture. Okay. <laughs> Um, but, but, but no, 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 no. You're the guy with the food truck. We're looking up to you. No, well, no, three food trucks, three food trucks. Yeah. Bars, okay, cars, and guitars. Yes, each one. yes. Yes. Jesus of Nazareth. I have uh, an endorsement from Kraft. Nice. Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, boy. The orange juice, the orange juice. <laughs> I, I, we have it all. We have it all. Okay. Nice. Uh, 
you know, I'm trying to be serious here. Then you accuse me of being chipper at a time yeah, like no, this. Sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. We're all under a lot of stress here. <laughs> I'm trying to get back. I'm, I thank Rosa for being serious. You two are. Yeah. <laughs> no, but back to your. So people here, people here bought into this nonsense that the, the that the, there is this uh, progressive cabal that's taking over the Democratic Party without understanding what progressive in American politics means. If, 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 um, if Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler both support uh, um, um, abortion rights, that makes them progressive in terms of the uh, progressive caucus. That, that, that's not Rashida Tlaib or Ilhan Omar. But they, they, they bought into Netanyahu's bullshit, sorry for the expression, because that was useful to him when he meddled in American politics with uh, Republicans against Democrats. Now, mind you, we all remember what he did with Obama. This goes back to Netanyahu's collusion with Newt Gingrich in, in the mid-90s. It then goes through against Bill Clinton. It then goes through the Tea Party era, and it then reaches... Uh, during Obama, and then, and it, and then re it reached the uh, bromance with uh, Trump, and now this uh, uh, this uh, he's, he's forced into a uh, friendship with uh, uh, Biden. But in the long run, Israelis think that evangelicals are lovable Americans who love Israel. In fact, people buy into the basic theology of uh, of, of uh, um, the evangelical denomination that Israel's existence is proof or evidence of the veracity of the biblical narrative, which, which is why Israel's uh, um, uh, resurrection in 1948 is necessary for the rapture. Um, and, and, and that people bought into that nonsense. Yeah, well, no kidding. We it, think, is we, it seems to be going strong here uh, in the United <laughs> States. There are a couple of other things I'd like to talk about and more serious back to the core issue here. Uh, and I'll do that in a moment. This is the point in the podcast where you say to everybody who is uh, listening, who is not a member, you should become a member because then you could listen to the whole podcast um, and all our other podcasts, of which there are many and of which there will be many more. Uh, lots of bonus content if you're a member and it's like $5 a month. So that's not a big deal, but it does help us to maintain these great production values in that giant research department we have. Also, you so, will get a discount coupon for the end of the world food trucks. Yes, exactly. Oh no, no, I consider all you three as partners. <laughs> well, that's no, but I, we're just all, all, all deep they state need, radio subscribers. If after at Armageddon, you go up to one of the food trucks at the foot of Mount Megiddo. And ask right. for a line. You will get a discount, right? Mention Alon. Deep State Radio, and you will get you a mention, discount. Right. You'll, you'll get a guy saying your money's no good here. Yeah, right? <laughs> he's going to be part of the Tenth Roman Legion, and he's going to say with a heavy accent, "Your money's no good." Here. Okay. Well, that, yeah. So that's yet another reason to be a member. So please choose this now. And and frankly, if all this end time stuff is 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 true, you know, you may not have that much time to become a member. So become one now. Uh, until then, for those of you who are members, um, we'll uh, continue with this in a moment. For those of you who are not, bye-bye.